Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level three, this is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. The pips, the players, the hustlers, and people above, stuff with everybody else in between. I want to get to um, Brawny James. Brawny James has been in the news a lot over the last, um, last couple of days and uh, weeks. And um, he's only a couple of years away right now from playing in the National Basketball Association. LeBron James was on, was mic'd up during the All-Star game, and um, I don't know who he said. He said it on the court to a couple of dudes. He said, man, I can only do this for a couple of more years. And so, and people are like, ooh, right? So, you know, it's no secret that he's wanted to play. He wanted to play with his son, or at least and or in the NBA at the same time and against his son, right? Which either one would be cool. His son has to make the NBA first, but... According to the, you know, according to the scouts, and put it this way, Giannis's brothers are in the NBA, all right? So, <laughs> let's just, right, he's going to be in the NBA. He's, he's going to be, but he's actually good. It's not like Jordan's kids. Jordan's kids weren't good. They played college ball and stuff, but they weren't good. One of them was okay. Which is the one that's doing um, Pippin's uh, wife now? Did that kid play basketball? One of them played at Central Florida, right? One of the Jordans, we're going back a little ways here, but one of them played in Central Florida. There was two of them. I think the, I think the kid that's with the Pippin, I think he was he the one. The, the, the older one played at Illinois, and he was he was just sort of a bench guy. He wasn't like good type thing. And uh, wasn't there another one? And the other kid was pretty good actually. He played at UCF. He wasn't great, but he was pretty good. But you know you got to you got to tip your cap to LeBron. Like you know what I mean? I am a Jordan guy, but is LeBron going to win the battle in the end by, you know, putting a kid in the NBA too? <laughs> like, that's good. I I saw I saw what well, I saw a scout talking today and uh they said that um he's comparable that LeBron James Jr. Bronny James is basically a comparable to like a Drew Holiday type, which is pretty uh, pretty complimentary. Right, Drew Holiday's a badass, 
But, like, basically, that, like, you know what I mean? Bronny James isn't LeBron. He's not going to score 30 points a game. But he's, like, going to be a solid NBA type of player. And he keeps getting better. That, like, it's, you know what I mean? That the, that the scouts are impressed. I was thinking, I'm like, you know, what would, what would, what, what, what would you do? What should he do? Obviously, they have a lot of smart people, the smarter than us, that know, like, what to do here. Because there's talk that he has offers from three schools right now. USC, Memphis, and Ohio State. Of course, you know, LeBron's an Ohio State guy, even though he lived in Akron and all that, you know what I mean? But, like, he's an Ohio State guy. It's going to be up to the kid to decide where he wants to end up going. Me, personally... As I stated, like, why, like, is playing college basketball even, like, a thing? Put it this way. You're going to bring whatever program you play for a hell of a lot of money. Defile. This is Sports Rage. Level 3. The pistol players, the hustlers, the people who bust them, and everybody else in between. We're in the late night hours right now. We're into the DJ and special time. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Um, you know, it's a DJ and special time when I have money on Japan and Iran in the World uh, Cup qualifications basketball. We'll get you caught today with the other numbers. So there's no games going on right now besides that. So we've got um, we've got uh, Dynamite wrestling on, and. I swear to God, I've never seen this MJF guy actually wrestle before. I see, you know what I mean? I see him talk. <laughs> he talks a lot. He's always talking. Every time I look up, I'm like, this guy's got a scarf on, and he's, you know, I guess he's, he's really good on the mic. I've seen him. He's great on the mic. This dude gets pretty personal, actually. Like, if you're like, you know what I mean? If you, you're an alcoholic in real life, he's going to call you a drunk in the ring and stuff, <laughs> which the fans like. It's all good. But... I got to tell you, he gets paid a lot of money to just talk. I don't really ever see him ever take any shots or anything. Not a bad gig if you can get it. All right, John Gassaway is going to step up and in. I'm going to talk some college basketball, ESPN.com. Shout out to everybody listening on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio tonight. SoCal in the house. You know, when they, when they, they, there were reports a couple of months ago that the NCAA was going to expand the NCAA basketball tournament. And to just sort of clarify, like, you know, like college football, the college football playoffs, as we know it, you know what I mean, the Alabamas and the Ohio States and Michigan and Georgia and all that. The NCAA has nothing to do with that, right? Like, they don't control that. Like, the NCAA really does have no power over college football, they control North Dakota State and Sam Houston State and that playoffs. They have nothing to do with, like, the big time, like, you know what I mean? If UCLA wants to leave, they can, you know, they don't need the NCAA's permission. The basketball tournament, it's actually called the NCAA tournament. It's their tournament. They can do whatever the hell they want to do with their tournament. And they want to put 90 teams in the tournament. Is it too many? We'll hit this on the other side. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Level three, this is Sports Rage. I am Gable Ramsey, the principal players, officers, and people to bust them and everybody else in between. Well, I guess LeBron James doesn't get talked about enough, so let's talk about his kid. And I, you know, I'm just going to bring, I want to get hit this just for a minute or two here, just because I am fascinated, but from a, from a business perspective. That's the way I look at it. Like, wow, right? Like, you've got this, you know, you've got LeBron James, and you've got, like, you know, Maverick Carter, you've got all these dudes and like all these powerful people around this kid, right, to make these decisions. And what is the right decision to make? Right? What right what is the right decision to make? So as far as um as far as is he actually good for people that don't know, he keeps getting better and better and better. And the thing with this is too, man, imagine the pressure that this kid is under, right? Like, you know, enormous. So, you know, that's that's something you got to give him credit for that he's actually good and he plays with this, you know, this on his on his shoulders cuz that's a lot of pressure, man. All right? And very few like great great players children turn out to be star players. You know, seriously, we just talked about Jordan's kid. Jordan's kids are scoring more off the court than they are ever did on it. Um remember that high school that had like Joe Montana's kid and Wayne Gretzky's kid and Snoop Dogg's kid and then all where are all they? Right, where are all they? I can go on. Andre Agassi and uh, Steffi Graf. They had a kid. Remember, oh, you'd be the greatest tennis player ever. I think you say he was a football player. Right? He was on that same football team. There was a football team with all those like superstar guys, athletes, sons, and it doesn't you know it doesn't translate. Like there's been, you know, I mean, baseball. There's a few, right? Base baseball bonds is, you know, the bonds. More and more, right? The line to the dish yields. There's, you know, there's quite a few baseball players, but you, you, you know what I'm saying? As far as playing the same sport, and and you know, it's, it's so the pressure on a kid is immense. But so, is he actually good? And the answer is yes. He keeps getting better and better and better. And in fact, he's projected now. 
to be a top 10 pick in uh, the 2024 draft. So he's projected to be a top 10 pick. And um, he's gotten so good over the last year or so that he's jumped from the... Because I remember when it was like, yeah, he's going to make the NBA, but just sort of backdoor this thing. You know, it, it'll, you know, LeBron will get him in a league type thing. No, now he's, he's earning it, right? The scouts are saying here, USA Today, here's uh, Jeff Zilgit. Um, he jumped from the 50s to the 30s in the past year and has recently jumped into the top 10 or to be a potential lottery pick. Um, he keeps on uh, taking his game to a new level. He's become a better shooter, a better scorer. He can always pass and defend, but he's elevated all the other aspects of his game. He's also growing. He's gotten bigger in height, and he's gained a lot of muscle. So the, kid, the kid's still growing. So he has offers from three colleges, the USC Trojans, Memphis Tigers, Ohio State Buckeyes, but he doesn't have to play college basketball. Now, there is the NIL stuff now. So at least he can make money off it. And it wouldn't be so much that he needs the money, obviously. But for me personally, I wouldn't want to make the school that much money. Like, seriously. This is, you know what I mean? Like, he's like Floyd Mayweather or Conor McGregor or something. You know what I mean? Like, Conor McGregor, I'm not a Conor McGregor fan, but he's powerful enough that if he's going to fight you, he needs to like you. And or be forced into it like he was, you know what I mean? Like, like, like he was. But when he got his ass handed to him, which is actually quite a bit, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? But, like, if you're LeBron, put it this way. Like, if you're LeBron James, do you want your kid to, like, go to Memphis? Okay, fine. All right, he goes to Memphis, but do you want the University of Memphis to make, like, $192 million because your son's going there? I wouldn't. It would bother me. I'm just being point blank. I'd be like, no, I don't want this school to make all this money off my kid. You know what I mean? What, they're going to get all this and he's going to get an NIL and some little deal from a sponsor and it's not even going to cost him anything? Will it make him a better... My question is, will it make him a better player? I say no. Personally. Is Victor... Look, put it this way. The number one pick in the NBA draft, they told this kid, oh, you should play college basketball. Yeah, Why? <laughs> why? I'm getting paid as a pro. I'm playing in a men's pro league against better players than than you in college. What, is it going to help me dunking on some kid on Georgetown? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, it'd be great for you. That's what it'd be good for your school if I come here. How does it help me? Look, Scoot Henderson. So, like, the top two players in this year's NBA draft who were both deemed generational talents, neither of which played college basketball. To me, you play college basketball if you need to prove something. What the hell, like, you know what I mean? Like, what the hell does Bronny James have to prove? He could play in, you know, every all-star prep this and that. He could train with his father and, and a bunch of NBA players to prepare for the NBA and the NBA draft. He could jump into the G League. Right? He could jump into the G League. He could sign a bunch of sponsorship deals and still jump into the G League and play in the G League. Uh, you know that's why I'm just I'm fascinated by the um, by what what's the best decision. And I guess you could say, well, what does the kid want? But yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> if 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 you're LeBron James, it ain't the kid's decision. It's like, listen, kid, you're going. This is what we're doing here. You're not going to college. We're doing this. Or, all right, this is where you're going. <laughs> like, 
I, you know what I mean? You don't force the kid to go, you know, play for the Akron Zips, but would you, I'll ask you, Matthias, if you were LeBron James, would you want would you want your kid playing college basketball, or would you just prep him yourself, homeschool, right? Homeschool him. I'm not talking about school. I'm talking about basketball school. You're LeBron James, bro. Like you can teach your kid a hell of a lot more than any college coach can. The only thing, the positive I will say about this is if he if you know what I mean, if he plays on a college team, and the thing is he's known as a great teammate. He's not a prima donna, everyone likes him. He's not he's not like an ego maniac or anything. Because quite frankly, he's not a superstar. Right, I know he's working his way up, but like you know what I mean. So he's he's not like a prima donna mega maniac or anything, but it could be good for the kid, you know, to be on a team and travel and get booed on the road and you know what I mean, live 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 a little bit of that life. Because if you're in the G League, you're you're protected from that stuff, right? Nobody pays attention to G League games. So you know now Mac McClung actually selling a bunch of tickets. So I understand, like, if you're LeBron, you know what? And I'm just thinking, if I'm LeBron, I'd want him in L.A. And then it comes down to, all right, so where I was going to say is, for me personally, if I'm playing college basketball and I'm Bronny James, and this was my original take in which I wanted to get out there, is I've got four letters for you. And it ain't UNLV. U-C-L-L. A. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's at home. Have have it has a great tradition and pedigree. They're much better than the USC Trojans are. To, you know, what I mean, like you. To me, that's that's you know that's that's the that's where if I was gonna play college basketball and I was Bronny James, the UCLA Bruins is where I would do it. Matthias, we got like a minute left before you hit the music guy here. Do you think you should play college ball, homeschool, get ready for the NBA, or play in a G League? Send him to college, dude. Like you said, give him the experience, put him on that team, let him travel, let him be a young man. Yeah, I understand that part. Or I'd send his ass to Europe. Say, go play against Wembenyama and those guys. Come back a man. <laughs> Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, 
and Judy Woodruff come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Tell me, you're gambling again, aren't you? Oh, you weak, weak man. What? The late night anger match for classes as portrait. I am Marenzi. Sirius XM channel 159. I am uh, I'm really fascinated by Bronny James' story here and, um, and how this is going to play out. As I stated, I could see them not wanting like some college to make all this money, even though he could make money, but it's a lot of money. And I think, as I said, UCLA to me would be the best choice, the best spot. They have the pedigree. They have the experience of having megastars there. You're LeBron James, man. You just broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. Where the hell did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar play, bro? Right? Like the synergy is there. And, you know, it's, he's, he's from L.A. The kid lives in L.A., right? The kid lives in L.A., so won't uproot his life. You, know, you can keep an eye on him. If you're the father, you can go to the games, right? It's just it's perfect. And another thing is, like, dude, if he goes to Ohio State, if he goes to Ohio State, you know what a circus it will be? Right? Like, he goes to Memphis. Are you kidding me? It'll be, like, the biggest thing since Elvis, right? Like, you know what I mean? You, you stick out there. You go to UCLA, nobody will give a crap. Nobody will even know. Like, nobody will care. You're in LA, nobody cares who you are, right? Like, they won't know. It's like, yeah, whatever. Who's that? Oh, he's on the basketball team. Good for him. Right? Like, people won't care. You go to these other schools, he won't live a normal life and all that. I do. I wonder, though. Look, LeBron didn't go to college, right? You know, look, you know, it worked out fine for him. So, you know, as I stated, Victor Wembanyama didn't. Kobe Bryant didn't. Like, there's, there's almost a, you know, you're almost not supposed to, actually, at this point. Um, but I, you know, what I wonder, actually, if LeBron James actually has told his son, if I have one thing, you know what I mean? One, like, you know, because, you know, imagine that, you know, the son could say, number one, he's not his dad. So, you know, but, but you know, but even this is any conversation that fathers and sons have, or father, daughters, et cetera. About, well, you know, you didn't graduate university. Why should I, right? How many people told your parents that, right? Or you dropped out of high school. You're telling me to go to university? So you can imagine if Bronny said, you know what, to, to, to the father, like, you know what, Dad? I don't really want to go to university. I don't feel like dealing with it. And, um, you know, I'm going to play in a G League or I'm just going to get a bunch of, like, you know, I'm going to train with you. you know, can you hook me up and, like, can you just prepare me for this? And I'll play, you know, AU, I'll play in the All-Star League, whatever, you know, et cetera. So I could, I could see that and him saying, you know, well, you didn't go, right? You didn't go to college. And nobody's saying, oh, you got to go to college to get the degree and all this. You know, they want to in the end, but whatever. I don't think anybody's pretending that he's going to be at any school for four years. So, but I just wonder, because LeBron has said that, you know what, he missed out on that. He wanted the money. He needed the money, right? You know what I mean? LeBron didn't grow up rich. Bronny did. 
He doesn't need the money. It's a little bit different, right? LeBron's like, you know what? I'm already a megastar. It's time to get paid, man. As soon as I can get paid, I'm getting paid. And he did. Bronny's not in the same position right now. Like, he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't need to say, you know, people never know people's stories, man. There was a kid, who was the kid? He played at Auburn. He played at Auburn. It was only like two, three years ago type thing. Three years ago, maybe, in the NFL. He didn't become a star or anything. I don't think he's even in the league. He might be a backup now type thing. I remember he was Auburn. He was a running back. And he wasn't a big name, or he was pretty good. He wasn't a massive name, and he left Auburn to go to the NFL draft. And everybody told him, like, you know, everyone ripped him, and oh, you're crazy and stuff. You know what I mean? You're oh, you you should, you should come back, and um, and all this other stuff, and you'll get drafted higher, and you're only going to end up getting drafted in the fifth round or the, you know what I mean, whatever. And he ended up getting drafted late. He did. He ended up getting drafted late. And they, somebody asked him, and they said, you know, do you have regrets? And he said, he said, you know, you all think you know, all know everything. And basically, the guy's mother was homeless. He didn't, like, he was homeless as a kid. Like, he basically grew up on couches everywhere, like on teammates' couches and coaches' couches. And his mother grew up, like, basically, his mother was, like, on the street, essentially. And he basically said, I got enough money to buy her a damn house. So, you know, you can tell me about this and that and going back to Auburn. He said, no, I wasn't, right? And there's a lot of those stories that go into it, right? I mean, some of these college quarterbacks, right? Like, you know, like, you know, Quinn Ewers is playing games for the NILs just because, you know what I mean, whatever. He's playing, he doesn't need the money. His family's got money. He even said, it's not about the money, it's about the principle. <laughs> like, some people, it's like, no, it's about the damn money. Give me the money. Right, so LeBron James's son obviously isn't in dire need. The kid's not eating ramen noodles unless he wants to. So he could just go. There'd be nothing wrong with it. Listen, USC wouldn't be bad. UCLA are just better, and you get better. You know, I mean, nothing against Enfield, but you know, McCronin would be harder on him. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying, Enfield would just be nice to him. Enfield would be like, yeah, listen, I'll be really nice to him. Mick Cronin's like, listen, if you come here, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna, you know, I'm kind of crazy. I could see LeBron, I could see LeBron saying, you know what? Yeah, man, uh, don't go to UCLA, man. Mick Cronin, man, that guy is like, but wouldn't you want your son to like have a hard ass coach? I think, um, and that's the thing is Ramon in our chat is uh, just said. Sierra, the Sierra Canyon, they already have celebrities going to their games. So what the hell is it going to be like? You know what I mean? If he was in like some smaller place. Seems like to me like L.A. is is the perfect spot. Stay in L.A. I get, you know, go to USC, go to UCLA. I personally think UCLA would be, would be better. But, hey, I'm not going to be involved in a decision. Uh, obviously, <laughs> no, 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 no involvement in the decision. All right, so we're going to, listen, um, John Gassaway is going to join me in a couple of minutes from ESPN.com, really smart guy, uh, great writer. So uh, we're going to talk college basketball. Just for the record, with the tournament coming up, there's some really cool venues in this year's tournament. There's some, like, there's just some, like, you know what I mean? Like, just some great basketball cities and, like, you know, arenas and cities and, um, like, spread out across the country. Listen, the first four thing, 
whatever. You know, there's always one team in the first four that goes on a little bit of a run from, you know, the major conference. The lower tier, like, you know, when we get to Texas Southern versus Virginia AT&T, Commonwealth Baptist uh, Assemblies of God games, like, all right, what are we doing here? But the Dayton, Ohio tip-off thing is cool. But the, these are the locations of where these are the cities that the tournament is taking place in this year. So, obviously, the first four is in Dayton. But, all right, opening rounds. Opening rounds. We've got um, Birmingham, Alabama, Des Moines, Iowa, Orlando, Florida, Sacramento, California, Albany, New York. Albany somehow squeezed in here. Columbus, Ohio, Denver, Greensboro. And this is where it gets super cool that we're at the point now that the NCAA tournament is finally in Las Vegas before they were adamantly against it. So here we are. We have the West Regional, March 23rd through 25th at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas on the Strip, which is complete badassery right there. And how about this? At the exact same time, March 23rd through 25th, the East Regional, Manhattan. What did I do to deserve this flat and flavorless Manhattan? Madison Square Garden, NCAA Tournament. I got to tell you, man, I've been in like, I've been in like most of the meccas and arenas and stadiums and, and all that. There is something ultra cool. And I've been to MSG for, um, for NBA and, uh, the Big East tournament and for like, um, like Michigan Rutgers, St. John's games. Like I've seen a lot of basketball games at MSG and NBA game, Nick games and college games. And I'll tell you what, you really do. It's sort of like Dodger Stadium. You know, there's certain stadiums where you sit down and you're like, whoa. You really do. There, there's nothing better, nothing better than being in New York City on like a Thursday or a Friday night at Madison Square Garden and you're there for like the day pass or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just one game after another, like the Big East. You know, I've been to the Big East tournament. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. It's pretty expensive to get lit up in that place, right? <laughs> like, it's like 40 bucks. It's like, man, like, I went through a lot of money, all right, drinking at, uh, at the Big East tournament once. I was there for like three games in a row. <laughs> and I think I spent, I think I spent like $800. I'm not exaggerating. I dropped like 800 bucks at MSG. Like, during, during like, basically... Might have been four games. Like, I don't know. Like I said, I got pretty, you know. Uh, I, I had all this money on a game. It was like one game after another, and I kept losing games. So it's like one game. So it's one thing to lose a game on TV, but it's another when you're there, and it's like the next game starts. It's like, you know, I remember one of them, we were losing like 20 to 2. I think it was Marquette and St. John's. I think Marquette was up like 20 to 2. I actually had tickets. If you remember when the pandemic hit... I was going to buy the uh, the VIP. Like, I had them, but, like, they, the order never went through because it got canceled. Basically, they have a package. You sit courtside at MSG. It's all-you-can-drink booze, all-you-can-eat food, and uh, you get VIP service. Bring it. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Radio networks, shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, including everybody listening in beautiful Southern California, the mightier 1090 ESPN radio, San Diego in the house. And so is John Gassaway. Let's talk some college basketball. John, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Hey, thanks for having me. So, uh, John, a lot of stuff I want to uh, throw at you, and I really enjoy your Twitter uh, follow. And, of course, you can uh, find John over at ESPN.com, author at uh, 12 Books, John Gassaway on uh, Twitter. So, John, um, Selection Sunday is less than three weeks away. The bubble watch has begun, and there's bubbles on top of the bubbles on top of those uh, bubbles uh, right now. 68 teams get into the tournament. It came out a couple of months ago that the NCAA was looking into an expansion uh, to 90 teams. As it is now, it's about 19%, I guess, uh, that get in. They want it to be 25% because there's 330 teams right now. Do you agree with that? Would you like to keep it the way that it is right now, or is it time for expansion in your opinion? Well, I'm not married to any particular percentage, and 90 might be a big expansion at one gulp. Uh, I am in favor of expansion and because I think that we're stuck now at the number 68. That gives us a first four on Tuesday and Wednesday that nobody's particularly excited about. The games can be fine. In fact, the games can, on occasion, be excellent. It just doesn't feel like the NCAA tournament. I feel like it's a a poor front porch for a a great sporting event. And if we just uh, put some more teams in, Tuesday and Wednesday could be uh, incredible. We we could have a uh, 16-game qualifying round, and those would be good seeds playing on Tuesday and Wednesday, not just uh, 16 seeds, which, by the way, I would – walk on through to the round of 64, but uh, seeds as high as seven or even six. I just think it would be a much better start to the tournament on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I really think we should look at it. 
my perception is, and perception isn't always reality, and you're a numbers guy. And I wanted to ask you, you've taught analytics at Columbia, so do you get to tell people you're, do you tell people yeah, I'm an Ivy League professor? Because I would. <laughs> uh, that doesn't come up too often. It doesn't impress my dog. but uh, No, it doesn't. <laughs> It impresses me. It impressed me. Uh, but So I wanted to ask you, is it harder? Because my perception is there's some pretty good teams, actually, because I'm going to be honest. At first, I'm like, come on, man. If you're the 69th best team in the country, then you don't really have a lot to hang your hat on. But I think you just said something in which it's not literally and literally actually the best 68 teams in the country. But is it harder to get into the tournament now? Because there seems to be, to me, you know, I'm just thinking of a team like, look at Loyola Marymount. You know what I mean? They beat Gonzaga. They beat St. Mary's. They beat Nevada. They've actually had a bunch of impressive wins. Their record's pretty good, but I guess they don't have an open hell in getting into the tournament unless they win their conference tournament. Is it harder to get into the tournament now because there are more teams, John, or is that just my perception? Because normally it seems to me that North Carolina would be getting the benefit of the doubt, that Michigan wouldn't be automatically considered out already. Is it harder to get in now, or am I crazy? Well, what has happened over the years, uh, you know, since the mid '80s, when the when the tournament first went to 64 teams, that was a major expansion at the time. And what has happened is that the tournament has stayed stayed the same size, more or less. Of course, it's gone from 64 to 68, so a, a very small change. But major conferences have grown much larger. Uh, the ACC is much larger than it was when the tournament expanded. The Big Ten as well. Uh, the Big East is the exception to the rule. It shrunk. But the SEC, Pac-12, they're all larger. So uh, major conferences have grown considerably, and the tournament has stayed the same size. Everybody says we would love to see more mid-major at-larges. Let's look at teams like Loyola Marymount. Well, if we expand the tournament, the the space that you're expanding into, say you go 12 teams larger, there's a lot more mid-majors in that space than there are in the first 36 at-larges. So uh, it would be it would give us a more mid-major uh, rich field, and those teams are just as good. Uh, people worry about it being watered down. Goodness, uh, the weakest team in the field last year was Rutgers on paper, and you could have admitted 12 entire teams that were stronger uh, than Rutgers without watering down the field one bit. So I, I really do think it's something we should look at. John Gassaway joining us, really enjoying the college basketball uh, conversation. So uh, a, a friend of mine, Mark Lawrence, who's a great uh, great handicapper and sports analyst, he runs playbook.com, he came up with a recipe years ago that has pretty much predicted the NCAA champion, like 23 wow. to last 26 years, with the exception wow. basically like UConn pops up every mm-hmm. couple of years. And it's basically, it's kind of simple, John. A one, two, or three seed from a major conference. Average uh, 73 or more points per game, give up less than 73 points uh, per game. Own an average scoring margin of seven or more um, points per game. Face the top 25 schedule. Have a coach with six or more NCAA tournament appearances and at least one Elite Eight appearance. We're either in the NCAA tournament last year and or have an All-American player. Now, when I go through this right now, I know the season's not done, but it seems to me 
And I, I, I liked one of your tweets and you said, is there a sport that we obsess about the schedule as much as college basketball? And I think it's crazy and I think it's over the top a bit, but I'm going to contradict myself. My only sort of hang up with the Houston Cougars was sort of the schedule, but they do have a top 75 schedule. So I guess I'll just cut to the chase. Are the Houston Cougars, could the Houston Cougars, they meet this criteria, John, are the Houston Cougars good enough to win the championship? Is the conference that they play in a hindrance in your opinion? Yes, they're good enough. Uh, no, I don't think the conference is a hindrance, and I say that knowing full well Houston is getting out of its conference. So maybe, maybe yeah, that's, that's a good point. They think yeah. it is actually. That's yeah, a good right. point. But, but I know what you mean. Yeah, and hey, we're going to contradict ourselves sometimes, John. Houston, <laughs> Houston says it is, and they they would be in a position to know. Uh, for anybody who's not keeping track, Houston and three other teams are joining the Big Twelve. Speaking of major conferences growing, uh, Houston and three other teams are joining the Big Twelve next season. That will be an amazing conference when Houston. Houston is already in a, a tough, oh, tough Big 12. Houston, but, Baylor, Houston, yeah, Kansas, oh, these KTCU games. Can you say it's going to be off the hook? Uh, it's going to be incredible. But uh, Houston is good enough. I don't think their conference is a hindrance. They scheduled tough. They hosted Alabama. That was a great game. And they were up big uh, at home in Houston on the Crimson Tide. And NATO's team came back and won it. So they've, they've played tough teams. And uh, if you had to pick one favorite now uh, you would take Houston. They get more love, you know, the longer they go on a winning streak, and then they'll do something like lose at home to Temple, which they did, and people say, ah, you know, this, this team isn't good. But in terms of the whole body of work, uh, they've got what it takes. They've got your All-American level player. I don't know if he'll literally make All-American, but Marcus Sasser and uh, not Kelvin Sampson's first rodeo by any means. So uh, they tick a lot of the boxes that your friend sets forth. Yeah, they really seemingly have been knocking on the door. The team that I like as well, and I hate to be so obvious about it, but the Kansas Jayhawks. What are your thoughts on this Kansas Jayhawk uh, team? You know, they lost a lot of talent from the defending champions, and people sort of wrote them off a little bit. Yeah, well, talk to me about uh, about what Dick and company are doing and Bill Self are doing with this basketball team and how good are they when you look at the analytics of this team? Yeah, they do give you the sense that they have somehow – you know, replaced all that they lost, which is amazing. Uh, You know, if you look at it on paper, you think this probably isn't, you know, it's not as strong as last year's team as your first uh, inclination, you know, and boy, wouldn't they be kind of easy to guard because Jalen Wilson is fantastic and Grady Dick is like one of two first-year players in the country who are really amazing. You know, we don't talk about freshmen the way we used to. Now no, old. he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. look like a freshman. Yeah, it does, but, he doesn't have the demeanor of a freshman. Dick, man, he, he is – and he's not just a shooter either. I mean, he is a baller. He, he tips rebounds. Uh, he's, he's all over the place. So, uh, great player. He will be in the NBA uh, to tick another box of your friends. And, uh, yeah, Kansas – and the really impressive thing, the last time we saw them, they were winning at TCU – uh, their shots weren't going in. Wilson wasn't having a particularly good night. They won because they played defense, and they've got that. Uh, Dewan Harris, Kevin McCullough, great defenders. So I've, I've definitely got my eye on them. They are outperforming my expectations, i got to say, and I like what I'm seeing. 
John, are there a couple of teams? The Big East has been a lot of fun uh, this oh, year, yeah. and I know you see a lot of yeah. Big East uh, basketball on the East Coast, and that is a conference that has won championships, right? The U- UConn has yeah. one. Villanova has one. If you look at the modern history here, it's basically the ACC and the Big 12, the ACC down uh, this year, but are there you know anybody out of the Big East you think is legitimate national championship contender? My, oh, massive win for Marquette last night, man. You know, as good massive as uh, Creighton have been playing. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. are you buying into Marquette? Yeah, let me let me throw love at both those teams. You know, Creighton is your your best uh, bet out of the Big East to win the national title. They they were uh, well last year uh, on Kansas. You know, on their way to a national title, the best game they had from anybody was uh, from Creighton, and they weren't they weren't full strength either. Uh, so they they are legit. But man, Marquette took care of business uh, at Creighton last night. And for anybody listening to this, if you haven't given yourself uh, the opportunity to watch a Marquette game, do so. The, the ball just moves like it's, you know, too hot to handle. They just pass, 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 and cut. And it's just a thing of beauty. And as a spectator, as a delighted fan, the question you find yourself asking is, why Why didn't we see this at Texas when Chaka Smart was there? I mean, this is just poetry in motion. And Texas is supposed to be, you know, a better gig than Marquette. But somehow, it has all come together in Shaka Smart's uh, native Wisconsin. They are just playing terrific basketball. I think it's a great point that you raise. I don't know. It's almost like a band, isn't it? They went, you know, they signed, they got some big time producer and the record sucked and then they went back to their roots and it worked like, I don't know, maybe it's a type of kids. I've always thought that the culture of Texas was just a little bit, um, a little bit soft in a sense where, you know, I mean, just too luxurious, so to speak. Maybe he just couldn't reach, you know, the you know the, the players that he was getting in the same way he can reach the kids uh, on Marquette. But it is amazing. This is exactly what Texas in Texas have to be wondering the same thing. <laughs> Actually, right, exactly. like, why didn't this happen here? Although Texas are a good team right now. No, anybody watching Marquette would say, I want that. And it's just a fascinating example to me of, you know, nobody knows anything, to, to quote the William Goldman line, uh, because, you know, Shaka Smart at the time, he had his pick of gigs uh, for two to three years running, and Texas was the one, you know, where he said, okay, this is it, you know, I've turned down so many jobs, and he had. And he chose Texas, and it didn't work. <laughs> Why didn't it work? Because the guy knows his basketball. Look at what Marquette's doing. So it's just, John, uh, I, I swear, someone will give you $100 million if you could figure it out. It's the same thing for Texas football. Look yeah, at all the coaches. Yeah. These coaches are great. Tom Herman was like college football genius. I think he's working at 7-Eleven now, right? Like they, they bring these guys in, uh, Charlie Strong and what, you know, Sarkeesian. He'll be the next victim. Like, and every, you know, they just, it never works for, for whatever reason. It just doesn't work. Life is tough for an athletic director. I, I wouldn't want that job, no. Eh, money can't buy love or happiness or championships. It can buy you a network, but it can't like, it can't, it can't buy success. Hey, before we get you out of here, I don't think they're going to win the championship because all their games are so close, but I know they haven't lost in the month of February. How about the Aggies, man? They just keep winning games, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they are they are tough. Tolu Smith is, but Buzz Williams, uh, he's he's done it before. He did it at Virginia Tech. He did it at Marquette. He's doing yeah, it. Yeah, speaking again. of Marquette. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, he he knows his way around uh, around his X's and O's, and uh, Texas A&M has moved the furthest, the fastest. You know, as a guy who does bubble watch, um, they they've moved up in the bracket faster than just about anyone I've seen. And you're right, they haven't lost in the month of February. They got some tough games to close out. They play Alabama on the last day of the year. Uh, who knew that that would have an? It looks like it'll have an SEC title writing on it. So uh, hats off to Buzz Williams. <laughs> They've gone from bubble to uh, being pretty much a sure thing in, in no time. It's been fun to watch. Thanks for the time, John. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Thanks to John Gassaway for joining us on the program. The Rachel Redhead, Cam Stewart, Ian Cameron. We got a full house up tomorrow. And speaking of tomorrow, I don't often leave you with golf picks on the way out, but I actually like these um, these props and these top twenties. So Chris Kirk top twenty plus one sixty. Denny McCarthy top twenty plus one sixty. Adams Fenson top twenty plus one seventy. Hayden Buckley top twenty plus two forty. Taylor Pendrith top uh, twenty plus one seventy. And uh, Svensson's actually plus 210, and um, Pendrith is plus 170. Uh, to win the tournament, Denny McCarthy, Adam Svensson are my top two picks. I think Hayden Buckley's worth a long shot, and Taylor Pendrith is just sort of a gut feel that I think he's going to play really well and be in a mix. Play all these guys to be uh, first-round leaders. McCarthy, Svensson, Pendrith, and Buckley. Uh, first-round leaders money. Just sprinkle a little bit. Have some fun with it. Um, we're not going to be sprinkling and having fun with it. It's going to be stress job city tomorrow night. We hammered the Seattle Sea Dragons. Give me the Seattle Sea Dragons uh, tomorrow night on the money line. I think the game's going to go over, but if you want my best bet type of deal, put it this way. I put $1,000 on the Sea Dragons, and I put 500 on the over. So far, that's what I've got on this game. But I'd like to see Dragons to win this game tomorrow night. But I do think it's going to go over the number as well. Uh, we hit Japan for the record. Australia is coming up against Bahrain right now. It's freaking 48 and a half points, man. All right. Uh, Japan just murdered Iran. Uh, World Cup qualification uh, basketball, international basketball going on right now in the overnight hours. 
Let's go first half on the way out. Matisse, you have any tennis picks for us? But uh, here's a basketball pick for everybody. I know it sounds crazy, but Australia minus 25 and a half in the first half. They murder them. And John Moxley's pretty busted up right now. It's a lot of fake blood. This is sports rage. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.